0: okay you got your bibles got your phones whatever it is you use these days tune it in we're going to go to psalm 24 i opened up i opened as i was preparing i come up tend to come up on a monday now or tuesday morning and i go in the cabin at the back here and Ah, it's my little oasis. It's actually the children's, part of the children's church at the back here. But um, if you find my fingerprints on the tables in there, (laughs) and my little chocolate sprinklings and all that, it's me, all right? I apologize for that. But but it's my one place where I am not distracted. If I prepare it home, the phone goes, or people walking by the window, or Bob's next door singing, it distracts me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I found a little haven.
0: We welcome everybody online this morning. Those watching us live again, we do welcome you. We're going to go to Psalm 24, but I want to remind you of something that you know anyway. But let me remind you: you can't. Psalm 24 is about the ascension of Jesus Christ. You cannot claim Psalm 24 for yourself unless first you have met him in Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Many people at their funerals have Psalm 23 and they claim that the Lord is their shepherd. He cannot be your shepherd unless you have claimed him as your Lord and Savior in Psalm 22. The three Psalms are linked together. 22 is about salvation, the the crucifixion of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Psalm 23 is on that basis and that basis alone, not about church membership, not about church service or coming to church or or wearing a suit or trying to help me across the road because I'm an old person. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about Jesus dying on a cross, becoming my Lord and Savior, in Psalm 23, I can then claim the promises of Psalm 24, which is a risen, glorified Jesus Christ forever seated on a throne.
1: Hallelujah. On the
0: cross, he took my sin. He took my sin. He paid the price and took my sin. But when he ascended, he took my hope and my future and he took it into the throne room of heaven where he ever lives to make intercession for me. We're going to have a look at some of this stuff in, in and further down when I'm next on to preach in a few weeks' time, whenever it may be. How many? A few, a few weeks, isn't it? We were sorting it out there. You've got two weeks of down now. We'll pray. We're, we're away next week. We'll be praying for you, all right? You'll be all right. He's not a bad guy. He, does, he, he actually believes, he believes the he Bible.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, one of the greatest compliments someone paid to me was to, to call me a fundamentalist. They meant it in a nasty way. And I said to them, thank you for that compliment because <laughs> I do believe the Bible. And I believe it as it's written. It needs no interpretation. The only interpretation is through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't need a handbook. It doesn't need upgrading because we're in year... What year were you? (laughs) Even in that year. (laughs) It stands on its own. Amen. I'm going down a different road. I'm going to stop. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Amen. The world and all those who dwell therein. For it has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Here comes a question. A question for you at home and a question for everyone gathered here this morning. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, Amen. who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn Amen. deceitfully, he shall receive blessing Amen. from the Lord. Amen. When you got saved, you had clean
1: hands and a clean heart. You qualify for the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And righteousness from the God of his
0: salvation lift up your heads all you gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord in mighty in battle Lift up, you heads, O you gates, and lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. When he ascended, when he ascended, he took my future, my hopes, everything about him went with him into the Presence of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That, Jesus. Oh. What a
1: Savior.
0: This psalm was normally brought out in the Jewish calendar as a ceremonial psalm. Yeah. psalm. Feast of Ingathering and the Feast of Tabernacles is when it was read and declared, uh, and, the, and the Jewish people declared God's kingship. Okay, this is the background. The feast was kept for seven days from the 15th, roughly, to the 22nd of the seventh month, which is September, August, September, August time, September, October time, round about there, like a harvest festival. I've often wondered when I was a little lad, where did harvest festival come from? And I was in a church, and they said, well, it's because at the end of the year, all the crops have grown, and we want to give thanks to God. That's not the reason harvest festival has come out of a jewish festival the in gathering when when yes when the crops were brought in and given thanks to god for another year's supply so this harvest festival as we know it has its roots in the jewish festival now Traditionally, the church has sung Psalm 40:24 on Ascension Day. Particularly verses 7 to 10. Lift up ye head, O ye gates, be lifted up. Who is this King of glory? Lift up your head, ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. They're asking a question. I'm going to deal with the question in a minute. God's dwelling place there is not Literal. He doesn't have a city with walls and gates. It's pictorial. He's in heaven. He's in total control. Okay, but what he's picturing here is Jerusalem, and saying my presence is coming into the holy Jerusalem, which is seated above. and so walls and gates are mentioned there as a, as a city. I think sometimes gives us an idea of how to picture where we're going. Amen? <coughs> no one can enter this city without God's approval. Saddens me when I see obituaries and the paper and what have you. Because everybody is going to heaven. Sadly, that's not true. No, no. Very sadly that's not true. I don't rejoice in that. I'm saddened by that. You can't claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior once you have died.
1: No,
0: no. you cannot pray somebody else into the kingdom after they no. have died. No, no. Your opportunity is while you live yeah, there's no second chance there's no intermediary state when when, when people die and, and they go into an in, this is what's taught in some churches an <laughs> intermediary state and if you pay enough money and you say enough prayers you can get them out of that state into the pra- that's it's not scriptural brother Rubbish. let's just leave that phrase in there it's not what the Bible teaches. And I'm a fundamentalist. and I believe the Bible. Okay. The Ascension, first of all, has to be pictured from where he came from. He's returning to somewhere. That's what the Ascension, for those who don't understand the word... The younger people here, it means that Jesus returned to where he came from. So he came out of the presence of God. He became a human being. He took on the form of humanity. Perfectly man and perfectly God. Not a bit of God and a bit of man. Perfectly human and perfectly God in the flesh. He was born of a virgin. I believe that. Any other birth, he would have been born a sinner. And he couldn't have redeemed us. A sinner cannot forgive or redeem your sin had to be someone who was spotless he was the spotless lamb slain before the foundation of the world he was crucified some people don't believe that some people believe that he was well they didn't actually kill him he was alive when he came down off the cross i've heard that argued absolute nonsense if you're a Roman soldier and you're a centurion in charge of the crucifixion, you knew when you killed. You had to know that person. And you made sure they were dead. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say very quickly, that one of the reasons why last Sunday on Easter Sunday I didn't preach on the crucifixion is because we're doing... Uh, my brother John, younger brother John... Well, no, he doesn't look younger than me. Because he is younger than me. <laughs> He's doing an excellent series, a seven, eight-part series, seven-part seven part series on the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, a chat in the chapel, and our chat in the chapel meeting, which will be Monday next, not, not tomorrow night, but Monday week. And the teaching in that is absolutely phenomenal. So I thought, I don't want to repeat or or whatever and I'll let John run along with that. That's why last Sunday you didn't get a word on the crucifixion. But we did deal with a lot of stuff last Sunday morning. He was crucified. He was resurrected. Ah, Some people don't believe that. He was resurrected from the dead with a complete body. He's not a ghost. He said to Timothy, put your fingers in there. Put your finger in there. Put your finger on my side. I love, I, I, I'd love to have been there in the upper room when they were eating a meal and suddenly Jesus appears. And he eats a meal with them and then disappears. Didn't leave the meal behind. He just went straight through the wall. Didn't even open the door. He just, wow. We're going to have a body like that one day. Never going to see sickness again. Amen. Never going to know disappointment again. And then he ascended. The ascension is like the crowning Aspect of the incarnation, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. It's not greater. It's co-equal. You can't have an ascension without the other three. And you can't have the other three without believing in the ascension. They fall together. Now, he ascends, and he's, he's ascending Perfectly as a man, as well as perfectly God. But in his body and for eternity, he will bear the scars of the crucifixion. When we finally go to be with him, we will see those scars. We will see the scar, the nail print. And they won't have diminished with time. When he ascended, he ascended out of time. It's almost as if he ascended 10 seconds ago. Because time ceased to control him. He operates in time. He uses time. But he himself has the ability to opt out, of what I call opt out of time. He's not limited by 24 hours in a day. He's not limited by a week. That You know, people say, well, we'll get into that bit in a minute. Okay. Now, when he ascended, the whole of heaven... You know, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to see a procession through the streets of London because a, a, a new monarch is going to be crowned king. And he will jump in, you know, the golden car Not quite the right Carriage. word. Carriage. 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 Yeah. You can tell I come from a secondary modern upbringing. It was neither secondary nor modern. But we won't go down that road.
1: Uh,
0: When Jesus ascended, the whole host of heaven lined a passage, as it were, to welcome him in. They formed a procession. The heavens were opened. I said it last week. There is now never a time when your prayer can get interrupted. It can't. It's impossible. Because Jesus has paved the way from the earth. He came down from heaven and he's ascended back. And we have instant access into the throne room of the Father. Nothing. It might feel like it is. But I've learned over the years my feelings are very often contrary to what the Word says. You see, in, in reality, it's not my opinion that matters. It's what the Word yeah. says. Yes, sir. If you live your life on your own opinion, you'll get it wrong yeah. at some stage. But if you live your life on what the Bible teaches, you'll get it right and find the peace in the situation now as he's ascending and coming in back into the presence of the father it says here who is this king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle they recognize that he's the lord
1: strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle but they are stunned, I think, by what they see.
0: Because this Jesus is different to how he descended. He's the same Jesus, but he's different. He's taken on totally... The garment of humanity. It didn't diminish his... Cannot diminish his glory. But the returning Jesus is perfectly human. And his humanity has been challenged by his 33 and a half years on this earth. And they crucified him. He's returning with the blood-red garments of the price he paid. He's returning with the scars. His body was marred. His body was beaten. He's returning to glory... Not not in the sense of the glory he had before the foundation of the world. He still got that glory, but his humanity, they had never seen their Savior, their Lord, the angels, had never seen Jesus in this aspect before.
1: Holes in his hands. Pierced in the side. Pierced
0: through the feet scars in his head with the crown of thorns yeah. was put upon him and they said who is this king of glory i i not not we don't recognize him but i think it's the awe of the moment now we see why he left in the first place now we understand The Father's plan of redemption and salvation. The angels are in awe. He went through all that for humanity. How great a love. How great a love must he have had for humanity, us. Who is this King of Glory? The angels are in awe of him. And heaven receives him. If I was to say to you this morning, what's the greatest battle ever fought? Well, there's been two great battles, haven't there, in our life? Well, not in my lifetime. I wasn't born, but... Two great battles in, you know, recently, the First World War and the Second World War. I think in the First World War there were more soldiers killed than the Second World War. Both were horrific. But that's not anything compared to the
1: battle of salvation. There have been more people
0: rejecting Jesus and going into a lost eternity than in any of those two wars put together. But there is also a whole host of people that have accepted Jesus Christ. You, Jesus. The battle he waged on the cross, he didn't lose that battle. Let me tell you this, it's it, I won't go down that road. I won't. I'll do that in a private discussion. He won
1: the battle. He won that battle. Now, Jesus promised he would return again. The
0: second coming. I believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Of course I do. I'm a fundamentalist. No, I believe it. Why do I believe it? Because Jesus said Amen. it was going to happen.
1: Amen. Jesus has promised it. Now, what's that going to do with the ascension?
0: Well, let's work this through. Jesus promised that he would... Rise
1: again on the third day. Did he promise it?
0: Did he promise it? Yes. Did he do it?
1: Yes. Okay. Jesus said and promised
0: he would return to the Father. Did he do it? Did he do it? Yes. Yes. Jesus promised he would send the Holy Spirit. Did he do it? Yes. Jesus said, I'm coming back again. He hasn't done it yet. But he's never broken a promise. He's coming back. He promised he would return. Who is he coming back for? His church. He will. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. It is impossible for Jesus to lie. Do you know that? cannot lie to you impossible. Wow. Amazing. Now, come with me if you would to Luke 24. So let's have a little look here and see what's going on. Because the ascension, like I said just now, is just the start of a wonderful box that I've taken the lid off and over the next future sessions we're going to have a look at. Luke 24 verse 50 says this. This is Jesus. And he led them out, his disciples, as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Luke here at the end of his gospel tells us What happened? Okay? Mm -hmm. Jesus, Luke, ends his gospel with the ascension. Why? Because he wants you to know the certainty of those things which he'd been talking about. He says, I saw him ascend. Now, Luke also, as we know, wrote the book of Acts. So in the first chapter of the book of Acts, what does Luke start with? The ascension. He describes it again. He ends with it in the end of his gospel,
1: and he picks it up again when he writes immediately the book of Acts. It says in verse 50 that Jesus lifted up his
0: hands and blessed them. He raised his hands after the uh, Levitical priesthood pattern. And as he ascended, he blessed them. Now, he did at that moment what no other priest has ever done. He did at that moment what no other priest has ever done or could ever do. The previous priest could pray a blessing, only Jesus can bestow that blessing. When Jesus blessed them, it wasn't just words coming out of his mouth. It was an impartation by the Holy Spirit of something much more
1: powerful than any priest has ever performed before. all God's blessings now in the age in which we live come through
0: Jesus Christ
1: yeah.
0: okay Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that now I liken it like this the Old Testament is God's proof to us that he takes care of the natural resources and the things we need he wasn't just Israel's God, he proved to Israel that he could provide in situations which were impossible for provision to come. So he fed them in a the wilderness. Yeah. When we come into the New Testament, the blessing changes somewhat. Yes, he still provides for us because Jesus said, my Father in heaven knows what you need. He'll provide food on your table, a roof over your head, shoes on your feet. Don't worry about that side of things, he said. That's already taken care of. My Father knows. The blessing that I am going to bestow upon you is greater than any natural physical blessing. Because it's going to be a spiritual blessing. And this spiritual blessing is not like the previous um, natural blessing, which was for a lifetime and then ended at death. This spiritual blessing, which I'm going to put upon you and give to you as my disciples, is going to last for eternity. So Ephesians said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, not will bless us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It was like the act of Jesus as he ascended, laying upon them that blessing. There is a spiritual blessing which is of much more value than even me supplying you in a wilderness. And his blessing is still unfulfilled. It's still ongoing. Yeah. And his blessing, when we go to be with him at, at natural death or the return of Jesus Christ, that blessing will still carry us into eternity and beyond. Wow. You see, that's why he didn't leave them houses, he didn't leave them land. That's the things of the earth. You know, it's lovely when somebody dies and they leave you a fortune or they leave you a house, or they leave you some land. I mean, it's lovely, isn't it? You know, you know. Um, I mean, we all. I, I'm sensing my children. Sometimes they look at me and think he's getting on a bit now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my daughter over there. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. She said, oh, "It's coming." <laughs> This natural blessing when Wendy pops her socks and Father Ronnie <laughs> goes, well, no, this blessing's coming. Oh, don't tell me you had mad thoughts like that. If you got something, oh no, of course you are not you.
1: No, no. Now, we receive grace upon grace or blessing
0: upon blessing, spiritual blessing. At the same time, our Father is taking
1: care of our natural needs. Let me remind you of something quite important. Now
0: this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. This is from Ephesians. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now, watch this now, watch this. Well, turn to it if you've got Ephesians chapter 4, 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, out of this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, and we're about to go into verse 11. Okay, you all there? There was still some turning. Okay. I want you to see it, because this is very, very important. Ephesians chapter 3 verse, let's read it again. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he first descended in the lower parts of the earth. There's a whole teaching on that, but we won't go there. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And chapter 4, sorry, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, I didn't see the 4 down the bottom of my pen, Okay. (laughs) thank you flashy right verse 11 and he gave himself and he himself gave some to be what apostles some prophets some evangelists some and some what's missing What's missing there? There's a position there that is missing.
1: And he's done it deliberately. Lorraine got it. Priests. There are
0: no priests
1: anymore. No. Whoa. When Jesus ascended, he
0: ascended as the high priest.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He in effect dramatically changes the whole priesthood. He's given apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers But he is not given priests. So, where does the priest fit in? Or the priesthood fit in? Does it fit in anymore? Yes, it does. He changes dramatically under the new covenant. And according to 1 Peter, we have become a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He is the high priest of our confession, seated in heaven. But you and me are priests unto our Lord and God. We can offer up spiritual prayers. We can perform the priesthood. He fulfilled the priesthood. But he says, when you accept me as your Lord and Savior, you become a priest. You pray. You offer up sacrifices to God. Every
1: born-again believer is a priest. Careful now. Wearing a long robe does not make you a priest. No. You. Now, standing in a pulpit does not make you a priest. Only accepting
0: Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior oh, makes you a priest. Oh. Don't you ever let anybody else tell you they are the only priest. It's done away with. Jesus has dramatically turned the priesthood around and given the authority to every born-again believer that they can perform sacrifices spiritual sacrifices, not literal, and offer up prayers that ascend directly into the throne room of heaven. We have apostles. We have prophets. We have evangelists. We have pastors. We have teachers. But what we don't have is the office. The sole office of a priest is finished with. He dramatically turned it around. Wow. That's why in Jesus' name, you can lead someone to Jesus. You can lead them to the Father. You act as a priest when you're leading someone to the Father. you can do it in the middle of Asda yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can do it out on the moors yeah. you haven't got to have a robe no. you haven't got to have bells and smells no. as I call no. it no. In the of the you don't have to have the mysticism of the priesthood the mysticism is put in there as a controlling factor Jesus came and said I busted that apart yeah. I am the high priest now. When you offer up spiritual sacrifices to me, they come directly into the throne room. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have a look at what Jesus actually does in heaven. You know, some people got this idea that he's just sat down on a chair at the right hand of the throne, at the right hand of the Father. I'll tell you, he's busier than he's ever been. (laughs) wonderful what I did when I opened it up this week I was sat in the cabin and when I started to discover what he's up to now he, you know he he, he <laughs> I've got a number for it his, his ministry is when doubled it's, it's billions yeah. because there are billions of people on the face of this earth and to each one he wants to be their high priest yeah. wow Ooh, I'll tell you, the roof nearly come off the cabin over there, Kelly, when I saw it in the Word, what Jesus is up to. He ain't just sat at the right hand. He is sat at the right hand. That's his
1: position of authority. Yes, yes. Co-equal with the Father. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Let's just let's just have a little peep in Acts chapter one, minute verse nine. Oh boy! Ooh.
0: Acts chapter one, verse nine. I'm making you work a bit this morning, but
1: that won't help. We burn off some calories. <laughs> verse 9 chapter 1 of Acts
0: now when he had spoken these things while they watched he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight in the Old Testament the cloud represented the presence of God God spoke from the cloud out of the cloud he was received back up into the presence of the Father Received him out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel. Oh, I like that! Hey, I I like that, like a throwaway line, isn't it? Can you imagine? Jesus is slowly going up, and it says, Oh, by the way, two guys in white stood beside him, like a throwaway line, two angels. Stood beside them. Watch this now. And they said, you see, angels are messengers. Yeah. Yeah. They're messengers from God, the yeah. Father. Yeah. They're under his control. They, have, they cannot operate independently. You cannot make an angel do what you want. No. 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 There was a whole teaching around, I know years ago in tried to stand up against it but there was a whole teaching the charismatic movement that you could speak to angels and tell them to do things garbage absolute garbage they're god's messengers under his control only i have a guardian angel i do have a guard i met him i have met him when i was fishing on the bar uh, down on the embankment i oh, 10, 10 or 11 years old. I've told the story many times, where there's some new people in there. I love that. I can get my old stories out again. <laughs> Everybody else is going, oh, 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 oh. Dan. I'm fishing down there, or oh, I'm about to go fishing, and, and I'm on my own in one of those bays, you know, the embankment, the big long stretch. And I'm down there on my own, and, and I'm setting up my rod, and one of the, I put the handle on the reel, and the screw that held it on bounced off the floor and went down down the embankment into the mud. And like an idiot, as you do when you're 10 years old, I went down after it. The tide's coming in and I can't get back up again. I'm below the road level. I can't see cars going by. I can't wave to anybody. I can see nothing. And I knew I was in a bad position. The tide was lapping around. My feet, my feet were co- shoes were covered in mud. I couldn't climb back up again because I was slide slipping. And suddenly a man appeared. Yeah. And I said to him, Would you take the, help me, can you take the bottom part of my rod, lure it down? And, I'll, and he, pulled, he called the top end of my rod and I called the bottom and he pulled me up the bank. I climbed th- over the railing, climbed through the railing, stood up and he was gone.
1: Yeah.
0: Now I can see that side of the embankment for hundreds of yards and hundreds of yards down there, I can say, on the way to your house, I can say, and there's nobody. Nobody. I'm stood here today because God provided an angel. I would have drowned. I would have drowned. drowned. They're real. And it's not the only occasion not the only occasion I've heard the audible voice of God on two occasions yeah. one occasion I was working on, what, on the side of the building what was the old swimming pool in Central Park up on the scaffold up there we were recladding the front of it and God and, and I'm working away I am not practicing being spiritual then at all I was just concentrating on what I'm doing and I heard the audible voice of God yeah. speak to me yeah. the other time I was in the lady's front room I was servicing her gas fire as a plumbing heating engineer servicing her gas fire we had not long uh, lost our little lad Adrian gone to be with the Lord I think he was right. six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks old. Oh, still touches me. <laughs> Not because he's gone, because I miss him. Yeah. But I'm going to see him again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank and you, I'm servicing this gas fire. And she sat on the settee doing whatever she was doing. This lady, I knew her. And uh, God said, spoke Again. And he asked me a question. He said, Do you want a son?
1: He said, But you've got to answer me. Don't do it up here. Answer me. (sighs) I think I lost a stone in
0: weight in two seconds. Sweat, I remember sweating. And I said, Yes, Lovely. and she said, "Would you say? Yeah. You, do, do you want?" I said, "No, no, no. It's okay. I'm it's right. just, I'm just sitting, you know." <laughs> Quickest service I've ever done on a gas fire in my life. Now,
1: I've got to come home and speak to my wife. Yeah. I understand a little bit of what Mary when she was
0: told by God she was going to have a baby I had to deal with her future husband Joseph yeah. I've got to trust God that she will believe yeah. this fantastic story
1: that I've just received yeah. oh. see when God speaks to you it's not just about you no. it always has a spin off And she did. Yeah. She did. And the proof was David. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Our son. Yeah.
0: Blessing from God. Yeah. We'd already had Sarah.
1: you can have, lovely.
0: The <laughs> ascension. Why am I. Talking down these kind of roads, I didn't have any of that planned. But the ascension is the living proof yes. of what God promises will come to pass.
1: Yes.
0: And He said, Thank you, Lord. I'm coming back again,
1: Amen. I'm coming back again. Thank you,
0: Jesus. And they said to men, Why are you stand gazing up into heaven? In other words, don't fix your gaze and understanding on the wonder of what you are just witnessed. As wonderful as it was, they say to him, this same Jesus, and remember, angels are messengers from God, the Father, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The angels believe the report. I am amazed today at the number of Christians who do not believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ
1: when he promised it. And the angels, when they... <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you. And the angels
0: oh, declared it oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh. the angels declared it this same man in the same way he has ascended is he's gonna come back again yes. for his church.
1: Yes, and he's gonna bring with him. He's going to bring with him my son. Yes. Yes. Amen.
0: He's going to bring with him my mom and dad. He's going to bring with him your loved one who gave their life to Jesus Christ. They're going to return with him. And we're going to meet him. If we're alive, we are going to ascend instantly changed with a glorified body just like Jesus. And we're going to meet him in the air halfway. Hallelujah. What a Savior. What an ascension. I've got a little lad. I'm pleased in one sense I've had to pay no pocket money for 30 odd years. But I'll know him. He'll know me. Don't ask me what age. Age doesn't come into it. Time is finished. In God's presence, we've moved out of time. It's just like it happened yesterday, that moment, not even yesterday. It's just like it happened a split second ago. Time has ceased when we go to be with the Lord. All things have become new. I want to speak Jesus over you. The ascension is the Father's demonstration of His power the Father's demonstration, no matter what men might do, no matter what circumstances might do, no matter which direction this world goes in, the Father is in control. Totally. The ascension is the Father's idea, the Father's plan, the Father's power being manifested for you and me. All the promises of Jesus yay and Amen to those who believe. I'm going to speak Jesus over you this morning.
1: strong